What's up, legends? Hope everyone's having a great week. Uh, today's episode, again, really excited for this one. And just straight off the top, thanks for everyone who's had a listen and a share for me. I really appreciate it. Never thought I'd get this kind of response and it's been amazing. So hopefully we can keep it going and I can keep getting good content out for you guys. Now, today's episode will touch on all things programming. Uh, I'm going to really enjoy this one. You know, when I was kind of drafting it up and going through the plan of stuff, um, I thought this is going to be a really, really good episode, really beneficial for all you gym goers out there. And, um, you know, what's really great about being a trainer, and obviously I love having my mates, but a lot of them do ask, you know, what should I be doing in the gym? Especially now they're open. And this will be giving really good insight into how to design your own program and things you should be looking for while starting to get back into gyms and starting to get back into a good routine and stuff like that so in terms of program design the main thing for me is enjoyment you know you must enjoy what you do in the gym you don't want to be going in there week after week doing the same old shit and just losing motivation you know really quickly there's so many different ways to hit muscle groups and provide the correct stimulus to the muscles and if you don't enjoy things like dumbbell work or bar work or free weights obviously they're ideal in terms of variation and stuff like that even if you just go to the gym and enjoy using the machines and stuff like that. That's totally fine. You can still provide find ways to provide the correct stimulus in the muscles and find find a way that you really enjoy the train. You know, even if that means giving up barbells, dumbbells, or even certain exercises like squats or deadlifts, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Your muscles don't know that it's doing a certain exercise. Like your chest doesn't know that it's doing a bench press. It just doesn't work like that. It knows certain movements and when it's under load. Um and yeah, hopefully that opens up a lot of different avenues for you guys in terms of whether you just roll out to the gym and hate what you do um, and where you're not there just to tick things off, you know? So some of the first things you really want to be looking for is how many times can you train per week? And I always ask my clients, just be really honest as well because people always come in super motivated, super pumped up, saying things like, I want to train every day. I'll do whatever it takes. So a question I always ask my clients and a good question to ask yourself is how many times can you actually make it to the gym? Or if you're doing home sessions, how many times can you do those sessions on your worst week? So in terms of your busiest week, whether you've got other commitments on, um, maybe kids have got sport on, especially now that's, that it's back and sport during the week, and things just go from zero to 100 real quick after we open up. So yeah, one of the biggest things is how many days can you actually make it? Think about not just what's optimal, but what's actually practical. Just be honest. And then once we can tick that off and get a good idea about how to design our programs and the way we want to follow it is by using some splits. So I'll dive a little bit more into that. If you're going to be going to the gym two days, you want to look at two full body sessions. If you're going to the gym three days, an upper body, lower body, full body split. If you're looking at four days, which for me is a sweet spot, but as I said before, you can get pretty good stimulus and stuff from that on any day you choose to go. Um, so four days, you're looking at upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body split. For five days, maybe a push-pull, lower body, upper body, lower body split. And then six days, you're just your normal push-pull legs, push-pull legs. If you follow any of these, you should get great results. Obviously, mix well with your nutrition and recovery and stuff like that. But it doesn't matter if you can only go two days. You can find ways to make it work, even if it's three, four, five, six, whatever. If you really break it down you really just want to train each muscle groups twice per week um then it's perfect you know you're well on your way 
I want to break that down a little bit more. When I say things like push, it's looking at things like it's in the name, you know, chest, shoulders, triceps, exercises like your bench press, incline press, shoulder press, tricep push down. So just think about what's in the name. Uh, obviously, pull is more your back exercises, so your rows, your lat pull downs, biceps, uh, things that are going to target the back, pulling in towards the body, and then obviously legs. You know, no exclamation really needed there. Exercises, good examples, squats, leg press, lunges. Yeah, stuff like that. And that's what I mean by push, pull, and legs, and how these tra- training splits will kind of look like on the days that you um, go. And, and I'll do another episode that touches more and more training splits and trying to really break it down for you guys and create some more clarity there. We ticked off how many days we can go and what our split will kind of look like. The next thing now is our goals. doesn't matter if it's strength, hypertrophy, building lean muscle mass, rehab, fat loss. You know, whether you want to grow certain muscle groups or get explosive in certain movements or, you know, explosive in terms of performing better in your sporting area. But really, the workouts between fat loss and muscle gain, the exercises and rep ranges, they don't actually change that much. Obviously, for fat loss, we want to be driving our energy expenditure up, getting a little bit more out of our training in terms of volume. We might have a few exercises at the end that accommodate for that and maybe do five minutes of hit or so whereas muscle gain we probably want to dive a little bit away from that and focus more on our compound list and providing enough stimulus to the muscle that will help us grow them obviously um and obviously we know that our nutrition plays a massive part in that too but in terms of energy expenditure for muscle gain we want to keep it relatively low like if we want to gain size we have to be in a slight surplus we know that so we don't have to do certain things like hit or um you know, more accessory movements towards the end of the end of our session. Muscle gain is pretty much just stimulus to the muscle, surplus, rest and recover over time. So, you know, in terms of exercises, they don't actually change that much. So we've ticked off our days uh, that we want to train. We took off our goals. And the things we want to plan for now is exercise selection. Whenever we walk into gym, to the gym, whether it be push, pull, legs or full body, uh, whatever. We want to look at exercise selection. So first one is always compound lifts. Our compound lifts always come first. And what I mean by that is our multi-joint actions. So think about compound exercises that are recruiting more than one muscle group. Um, some examples of this, uh, compound lifts for your push would be bench press, overhead press. Um, if you're doing a pull day, you know, your lat pull downs, your rows, your pull-ups, um, upright rows, and for legs, your squats, leg press, lunges, um, RDLs, sumo deadlifts, deadlifts as well. You know, whether you um, say that's a back exercise, depends which side of the fence you're on. But yeah, there's a few examples there. And these compound lifts, you probably want them to be your first two to four exercises, in my opinion. You know, the isolated accessory movements come right at the end. And the reason for this is our compound lifts are actually our building blocks. They're going to make the strong foundation for whatever we want to achieve. We want to be overloading them as much as possible. doesn't have to be weekly and probably won't be weekly. We want to be nailing them as much as we can in terms of form. And this is why we leave the isolated accessory movements right to the end because they're just really like the icing on top. We come in and do our isolated movements first. So say we're doing upper body and we start with our bicep curls and tricep push down. By the time we get to things like our rows and bench press, we've already created fatigue in certain muscle groups. So we not, might not perform our compound lifts as well as we like. You know, we might not be performing them as well in terms of load, intensity on the bar or dumbbells, or even maybe using 
This is why our compound lifts always come first. Uh, so we want to try and get as much out of them as possible. It's as we said, the massive foundation for what we want to achieve. And also, this is super important, like more than mo one muscle group as well. Um, that's what we really want to focus on in our first two to four. So we move on to the isolated stuff and accessory kind of movements like curls, extensions, tricep push down, uh, calf raises, things like that. They're still very good and important for our workouts and they can be used as a massive tool to help us. So they can work on our weak points if we're weaker in certain um, isolated areas and try to help us get better on our bigger lifts. And a pretty good example of this is things like leg extensions to build our quads. Help us uh, lift heavy with our squats. Even things like bicep curls can help us get a better row or a better lat pull down, uh, things like that. So you kind of you kind of see what the mold looks like there. So the isolated stuff is still very, very beneficial. Should be included in all workouts, all programming. They're the icing on the cake, especially for those who are in a fat loss phase. The accessory movements can be massively beneficial in terms of high reps and high volume to keep the energy expenditure high. So definitely don't leave them out. And yeah, as I said, they're good if you're trying to grow isolated muscle groups. So, you know, I'll use myself as an example. I like to focus on my quads. Like I love training quads. Um, I definitely want to grow mine a little bit more. So I'll do a few more leg extensions, a little more quad-based stuff throughout the week. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what it can be used for as well. All right, guys. So we're just going to pause from the podcast there. And I'm just going to dive a little bit into my new online training platform. I offer you a personalized training program for either at home or the gym. Nutrition coaching personalized for you and your goals. Weekly check-ins with me for accountability and all the data and our progress is tracked through an app so we can constantly see the progress being made. Don't just wait for the new year to roll around, team. Let's start making some serious progress now. I'll leave my Instagram and email grabbing the show notes for any inquiries. All right, guys, here we go. Back to the main stuff. So we've ticked off how many days we want to train, our goals, and our exercise selection. So here comes a few more important things like our rep ranges. So if your goal is to build strength and power, you probably want to live in that two to six rep range. Again, you can alter it as you get towards the accessory kind of stuff. But if you focus on purely strength, clearly that two to six rep range is really for you. And the rest periods that come with that, you're probably looking at two to five minutes, I reckon. Um, or when you're feeling good to go. So for me, if I'm doing heavy barbell squats, I'm doing maybe five, six reps, I'm probably going to rest for a good two to three minutes or whenever I feel like I'm ready and good to go. Uh, this is very, very important, uh, especially for heavy lifts. The volume is quite low, but the intensity is extremely high. So we want to give our body like enough time to recover. So we want our form to be perfect. If we're doing this under extreme fatigue and not resting enough, form can drop off and that's when people can get hurt. If you're looking to build some lean muscle mass and hypertrophy to be more scientific, you probably will live in that 5 to 15 rep range. And when I say this, obviously we don't want our compound lifts to be edging the 15 reps. Where When I say 15, it's more touching on the isolated stuff. But I think if you're doing your heavy compound lifts, like your squats and your bench press, deadlift and all that, you want to live in that 2 to 10 rep range. I want to stress more than that because, as we said, fatigue will kick in and the form can get a little bit scratchy. But if you're looking for muscle growth and building lean mass, the 5 to 15 rep range is probably going to be your best friend. And again, like even strength gains can be made in that 6 to 8 rep range as well. So if you're looking for hypertrophy, I would, yeah, 5 to 15 reps, especially for your more compound lifts, living in that more 2 to 8 range. And again, the rest periods here, 
it depends really how heavy you go. It can be anywhere between one to three minutes, you know, if if it is needed. All right, so now we'll look at rep ranges from about 10 to 20. These, they're a little bit more endurance-based. You can get some muscle growth from this. Yeah, it's kind of more your endurance-based type training, high reps, but a lightish load. You know, the volume is really high, but the intensity can be quite low in terms of the weights. Um, these things are like, you know, your isolated muscle groups, your curls, uh, your tricep exercises, anything isolated really. And if you want to touch on legs, you know, your leg extensions and your hamstring curls. And for these, you can probably get away with the rest periods being anywhere between 30 seconds and a minute. Me, I'll use myself as an example as always. So right now I'm looking at training upper, upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body split. So what I really like to do is, and it's what I've always been taught by my trainer, um, is I start the week off pretty heavy. So I have like an upper strength day and then a lower strength day. And then as the week moves on, uh, the other two sessions will be a little bit more hypertrophy type endurance-based days where it's a little bit less intense, but the volume is high. So I'll start off with low volume and high intensity. And then as the week goes on, the volume will go up, but the intensity will go down a little bit. I've always followed this and it's kept me really, really well motivated, especially in times where motivation was a hard thing for me, um, especially trying to get to the gym four days. It's something that I really didn't like, but once I got moved onto this by my trainer, um, it's something that really paid off for me. So it's another good way of looking into things like if you want to kind of break it down, your heavier days and more intense days and as the week goes on and fatigue is there, you know, we can taper off and the volume goes up, but the intensity goes down. So, you know, it's good in terms of variety as well. And, you know, so once you get into your mesocycle, it kind of drags on. So mesocycle just means, you know, your training block. We can look at a variety of ranges. So things like drop sets, supersets, upsets, different intensities as well, just to find ways to make it more enjoyable for yourself as you progress. Ultimately, we don't want the program to, you know, we want the program to have time to grow, sorry. You don't want to just come in and chop and change things every single week or every single day as well. You want to give your program time to grow and evolve so you can progressively overload with it. You can give the body new highs to adapt to. Uh, you can't just keep changing the exercises day in, day out. So give your program a little bit of time, let it evolve and let it grow. And what I mean by this is giving it time to get weight on the bar and progressively overload the muscle and what progressive overload means is you progressively overload the muscle over time so say you're doing squats for four sets of eight you might start with 50 kilos then a couple of weeks later you might be on 52 and a half and then two weeks after that might be 55 and another few weeks after that you might be at 60 this is what i mean by progressively overload you get better at the lift obviously it's still hard but you get better over time you know the muscles adapted so you put the weight up and you give it new heights to adapt to. And this is giving our body a reason to change. If we just come in and do different exercises day in, day out, we're becoming better at a few things, sure. Uh, but they're just little things. We're not really getting good at anything. We're just coming in, getting a little bit better here and there, but never really mastering anything. So you want to give your program time to evolve, evolve with the exercises, and then overload over time. And different ways to overload, you know, it just doesn't have to be more weight on the bar. It can be more reps, more sets, quarter reps, half reps, slower tempo, supersets, drop sets, upsets. There's more ways to overload rather than just weight on the bar. 
especially if you're in a deficit and your body's struggling to make strength gains, um, things like more reps or sets can be very beneficial for you. And again, well, we will have other episodes that dive into kind of what quarter reps and half reps and drop sets are, uh, but it's a big rabbit hole. So we'll just leave that out for today. Another important thing to remember when designing your own program is hitting each muscle group twice per week. So I always got taught in the example, you can either train something 52 times a year or you can do it 104 times a year. And yeah, which sounds better, you know? So no longer the days of the quote-unquote bro split when you come in, uh, smash one muscle group for that whole session. Because in my eyes, like, what happens if you just do one muscle group for the whole session? I mean, you're training just your sets on that day. Your first two or three lifts might be very, very good. Uh, you know, they're strong and they're heavy. But... You know, when you go heavy and now fatigue set in, by the time you get to your fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh exercise of chest, you'll be absolutely fucked. Like the fatigue levels are well and truly high. Your form drops off, it goes to shit, and the intensity goes to shit as well. So no longer the days of the classic quote-unquote bro split. Uh, you really want to hit each muscle group twice per week and focus on that. Your body adapts to everything so, so quickly. And giving it seven days to recover, you know, it's just too much time. It doesn't need that much time. If you hit a muscle group on Monday and then you wait a whole nother seven days to hit it again, it's already recovered. Like it doesn't need that much time. So try and stay focused on hitting each muscle group twice per week. Um, a really good tool to use whether you get a little bit stuck on, you don't know whether to go up in weight or not. And this is, I, I use this with my clients or even for myself. Um, it's called RPE, so rate of perceived effort. Uh, and you rate it out of 10. So if you do a set and think, oh, well, you know, my rate of perceived effort or my RPA was about five out of 10. That means you can probably go up in weight. You know, it's obvious just pretty much how intense it was out of 10. So if you do a really heavy set and it was quite tough and you shit, think shit like my RPA is about eight out of 10 there, you probably don't want to be putting weight on the bar. So it's a good way to gauge kind of where you're at and how you feel after the set and a good tool to use whether you want to go up and you're not sure. Another one is called RIR. So this means reps in reserve. You might do a set and think, oh, well, I can probably only do two more reps. Um, so you've got a two RIR, two reps in reserve. You might you know, think, oh, well, it's only two RIR. I probably can't go up here. Um, so play it safe and, and stay with that. You might come back the next week and go, oh, well, my RIR is actually probably four. So four reps in reserve, you're probably thinking, yeah, okay, I can put a few kilos on the bar or even do even more reps. So it's just a few tools to use there to know whether you're ready to put weight on the bar because you might not be sure. And trust me, a lot of people aren't sure. So yeah, look into that, guys, because it's it's something that's really, really beneficial. Touching on some awesome stuff here. Like I'm really enjoying this. Another important thing is a deload week. And deload, as it is in the name, uh, it's a week of training in which you'll still go to the gym to work out. The intensity and volume of your workouts are quite low and easier to manage. Um, it's scheduled reduction in like the intensity and the volume. And the reason we do this is to prepare the body for either a new training phase um, or simply just to eliminate the risk of overtraining, which some people fall into the trap of. And more importantly, it keeps you motivated. Uh, if you're feeling low motivation, motivation, or your body is tired and sore, then it's maybe time for a deload week. I think maybe every six weeks try and factor one in, but again, it's tailored to the individual. You might need one earlier. You might even need one later. Um, it just might be what the body 
exactly what the body needs and you never feel guilty for taking a week off. You know, not, not much will change. If anything, you know, you might come back stronger because you've had time, body's had time to rest um, and you won't lose anything that you've built up. So don't feel guilty for ever having time off in the gym. Definitely think that it should be factored in all programming. Um, just keeps you fresh, keep the body fresh and the mind fresh as well. All right, so you might be wondering when you should change your program up. So if you've designed your program for yourself and you're thinking, when's a good time to change it? For me, I like to give it every six weeks or so. I know a lot of people will say four to six weeks. I actually prefer to go to the higher end and go six to eight. I love my programs that have time to evolve. You know, like I want the volume to be low at the start, but then as I get towards eight weeks, you know, my sets and all that might be four, might be close to five, and my reps might be a little bit higher. So if you're getting to that four to six week mark, you can change things up if you like. Um, but for me personally, you know, I, I like to get to that more six to eight week thing. But as I said before, you know, you need to give it time to evolve. You need to let the program, you know, grow. So yeah, definitely something to factor in. But as I said, it's tailored to the individual. So maybe four weeks, you might be ready for a change. In terms of core, um, you know, I'm not massive on core exercises. Like I don't do a lot isolated. I get a lot of core work for my compound lifts. So things where I have to stabilize myself and stay upright. And a lot of people actually don't realize that. During a lot of your compound exercises, even ISO ones as well, you do get a lot of core interaction there. And obviously there's stimulus too. So in terms of core exercises, I just think it's, I just think it's, I don't think it's beneficial for people to smash their core for 10 minutes after a session. Especially if you've just done a heavy session, like the worst thing I could think of is going, oh, okay, I've gone through my heavy lifts day and now it's like, shit, I've got 10 minutes of core to smash through. You know, I'm just not really massive on it. And as we know, you can't spot reduce fat. So you might finish your workout and be doing 100 sit-ups at the end of every session, but you're not going to wake up with a six-pack. Six I think the best way to do it is probably one or two exercises each day that you're at the gym. Um, if that's what you're really into. But for me, I find that I get a fair bit of core from my workouts already in terms of compound lifts and stabilizing myself. So I'm not massive on it. But as I said, if it's something you want to touch on, then you know, definitely do it. I reckon a couple of exercises after you finish your workout. And yeah, like that will be beneficial for you. But don't feel like you have to smash it for 10 minutes. And I know one of my mates will be listening to this and laughing because he's constantly asking me to send him a 10-minute ab workout. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you are listening, uh, funny times. All right, guys, so we're coming towards the end and I know I've put out a lot of info here. It's been a really, really good episode. Just to, to recap on a few things, all right, we'll just smash it, okay? Um, let's look at the things that are most important and we'll quickly cover it, all right? So number one, days you can train. Tick that off. Think about what's optimal, but more importantly, what's practical, what you can actually do and be honest. Your goals, then comes exercise selection, rep ranges, rest periods, compound movements first, isolated and accessory last. Important things to remember, factoring your deload, you're feeling unmotivated, your brain's a little bit foggy, factor in a deload, take some time off, or do some lower intensity volume. Then we want to know when to change things up. And last thing for me, enjoyment. Training is exactly like nutrition. There is no one size fits all. If someone came to me and they want to build strength, 
And then another lady came to me and she wants to fix her back. She feels like she needs to strengthen up a little bit because um, she's had a previous injury. I'm not going to give them both, you know, five sets of five deadlifts, you know. It has to be tailored for the individual. And you have to want to look forward to going to the gym. You know, you don't want to just be given a program and think, oh, this is shit, I hate it. It's not how it works. You always need to enjoy what you do, okay? Um, so whether you get a uh, program and you think it's shit, um, you know, do a bit more research and touch on a few of the things I've said here. So if you get stuck on any of that, guys, reach out, send me a message. Um, but yeah, I really hope some of these points have helped you guys out. If you did take some value from the episode, please, please share on your story. Um, I love when people do that. So send me a message if you liked it as well. But yeah, if we can get the message out there, get as many people listening as possible, that would be amazing. So please share your story or everyone on the socials. And again, any questions on that, please either send me an email, send me a message on Instagram, um, whatever, guys. Reach out. All feedback is welcome. I absolutely love it. So I hope everyone has an amazing weekend and we'll be back next week. Thanks, legends.